Hey everyone, welcome. I'm your host, Laura Desiree, and you've joined Talk Naked on the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Talk Naked is a best of series bringing some of the most iconic interviews to the podcast airwaves. From rock stars and porn stars to CEOs and everyone in between. Our show is here to help you achieve better. Better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. And remember, even though you can't see me, I do all my interviews totally naked. This is Talk Naked. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, we're Carol and David and Laura, thanks so much for being part of our show. We are so excited to have select and special interviews that you've done on your Talk Naked podcast. But first, let's remind you about our show sponsor, our blanket, our top waterproof blanket, because everybody should continue to have great sex now more than ever. But if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you know you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and matches dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils to silicone lubes or any other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely, go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. Hi, Laura. Hi, Naked News. I never have hot naked women interviewing me. I don't believe that. It's it's true. Thank you so much for being on the show. Clearly, it's my pleasure, Laura. (laughs) Nice to see you. From the Naked News studios in Toronto, Canada, you're listening to Talk Naked. That was a great introduction. Thank you very much. I'm very good at my job. (laughs) You are, aren't you? Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Talk Naked. I'm Laura Desiree, and we've got a sexy and super fun interview to share in its full uncut glory today. I've mentioned it many times before that my foray into life as a performer started with burlesque. It's an art form that has aroused and agitated audiences since people had garments to undress. From the erotic espionage of Mata Hari, to the gender-bending cabarets of Weimar Berlin, to the superstar celebrity of Gypsy Rose Lee and that uber popular gitchy gitchy ya ya da da tribute to the Moulin Rouge, burlesque is eternally a stimulating experience. I started my burlesque career in New York City. I attended the New York School of Burlesque and learned everything from glove peels to tassel twirls to feather fans and even lap dances. But burlesque isn't just about removing clothing in an arousing fashion. It's a platform for all kinds of expression, cultural, political, generational. I wanted to chat with someone who's expressing themselves masterfully with endless versatility. I knew I had to nab an interview with one of my dear New York City burlesque friends, the great Calamity Chang. So as you're listening to this one, remember folks, I did this talk naked. 
Welcome to the Schmooze, everyone. Laura Desiree here, coming at you from Brooklyn, New York. Today, I have the grand pleasure of sitting and chatting with internationally acclaimed burlesque superstar, Calamity Chang. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Laura. Hi, Naked News. <laughs> Calamity, can you give our viewers a little background on what style of burlesque you perform or how you would describe your brand? Well, my burlesque brand comes from my tagline, the Asian Sexation, and it was a tagline given to me. I did not come up with it myself, but I think my blend and my brand of my style would be a fusion of, you know, Asian humor yeah. and classic burlesque glamour. Yeah. I've seen both sides of it, and both are executed with the utmost of glamour and Thank grace. You. Thank you. Can you give us a little uh, origin story on how you got into burlesque, especially in a city like New York? Well, it was a dark, wintry night. Oh, no. Desperate. I was walking through the East Village, and lo and behold, I see a sandwich board that said, burlesque. $5. And I said to myself, I could do $5. Yeah, I definitely. got $5 in my pocket. I went in and it was the Starshine Burlesque. Oh. This is over 10 years ago, yeah. maybe even more. And that was my immediate introduction to what burlesque was. I didn't even know what that word meant. Yeah. But I was immediately enamored with how the women were using their bodies for comedy, but also sexy and it's yes. playful. Love the costuming, of course, you know, little girl princess fantasies, just yeah. like totally yeah. resurfaced. And so that kind of like got me into the idea of burlesque, but it took a long time before I actually started performing. Right. So that was the genesis of burlesque entering into my mind. And then I started taking classes to the School of Burlesque in New York and started producing shows right away as like a newbie. The opportunity landed in my nap, I mean my lap, <laughs> in my nap when I was sleeping. <laughs> Things happen when I'm sleeping. A lot happens when we sleep, okay? <laughs> it's where the real work gets done. And um, and so that's sort of like how it all got started. That is incredible. Did you come into it with any performance background whatsoever or any dance training? Well, no dance training. I did do a lot of improv when okay. I was in college. And I've always, I guess, enjoyed doing things in front of the TV and the camera. So I also did a lot of speech and debate like a nerd in high school. <laughs> even play into burlesque i mean i love it yeah. it's i guess it's how presenting it? things it's being comfortable speaking in public that's yes. really what it is and also knowing how to improvise yeah. like if someone's heckling you off stage what do you do with them hecklers right right you deal so with them. no you deal with it you just boss them that's all mm -hmm. that's really it and don't mm -hmm. talk don't talk to them no conversations not a dialogue <laughs> you're on stage you're the boss I mean, I would apply that to any situation where <laughs> yeah. someone's talking smack, right? Yep, Just totally. pretend it's on a stage, set it there. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So let's talk about um, some of the acts in particular. Do you have any favorite, what would you say are your like top three most oh. known celebrated oh, performances? Oh, okay, well... Definitely. Thank you for narrowing it down to uh -huh. the top three because they're just like, I was like, oh my God, do we, how much time do we have? Um, so I think right now, I think what I'm known for, and I've sort of put like a signature mark on my food-lesque acts. So that's food plus burlesque. Yes. And for me, I really love food. All, yes. Most Asian people love food. I can say that. I mean, people love food yes. in general. It's not just we require it's just it. It's not just Asians. We've also found a way to make it taste yes, really well. Exactly. And food is sexy. Yes. So the top three acts that I have that are most known signature acts is my sriracha bottle, sriracha act. I also have a hand roll sushi act. <laughs> 
I call the I call that the model minority role. <laughs> minority role. <laughs> and my latest concoction is my cup of calamity ramen noodle act, oh which I will be doing tonight. And so those three acts for me are really important because it's my way of speaking about my heritage without being super didactic and super yeah. like serious and like mm, right it's just like having a sense of humor about your culture and your background yeah. through food because food unifies everyone as anthony bourdain has, yes. has shown us that you know people can find commonalities over a delicious dish of food yes. and then can overcome a lot of differences because of food because it's nurturing it's nutrition so that's something that i really believe in is this the message that you look to then uh give off to the audience when you're up there and actually performing these acts i hope i hope to yeah. because i think you know if a it's funny as fuck to <laughs> see like a person dressed up as a sushi roll yeah or a cup of noodles and being sexy and being funny but it's also like it kind of lets people know like look at how universal these asian food have become icons. That's true, globally, though. It's right? true. Everybody knows what a couple noodles is. It's true. Everyone knows a sriracha bottle. So it's also like, hey, look, world, this is like, you know, multi multicultural. I guess it's very you could on say. the pulse. You know, Thank like you. these are very, very celebrated, well-known dishes. Exactly. But being able to remind everyone, hey, you know, this part of Asian culture. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. Wonderful. So I love that. What would you say inspires you? Like, where do you get uh, all these ideas for these acts? Hmm. I I guess I mean you know this is what I'm sure lots of artists say this yeah. that like I find inspiration everywhere which is true you know but I guess um, you know food is a big passion of mine but also imagery yeah. visuals are uh, important sometimes it comes through music I don't know I guess I just kind of like whatever interests me I try to pay attention to that and think about why that's a, yeah. of interest to me so and you don't then, have any creative blocks ever it sounds like if you're mm, open as you yeah, are I don't really experience blocks okay. I have to say I know when to take a break like if I I know when not to push it like yeah. if I'm tired if I just feel like it's not working I'll yeah. say you know what I'm just not gonna look at it and just free your mind to think about something else that's and smart. then it comes back to you when your mind is ready you know that incubation period I think is really important definitely it's and that's necessary in a city yes. like New York I would imagine yes can we talk stimulus. about the reality of being a showgirl in New York City is it as glamorous and fabulous <laughs> and all that jazz like like what what is it like I love that the reality can of we being just do like I took that on count of three ready? one two three Thank God I didn't kick you. She has a show tonight. Can you imagine? I bust her ankle right oh before. My God. Well, he almost broke my teeth the other day. <gasps> no, he didn't. I not. was drinking from a water bottle, and he like backed up into me, and he went <laughs> like this. But it was it was okay. There was no like missing teeth. Okay, that's lucky though. Thank God, thank God. But anyway, okay, yes. So, um, being a showgirl in New York City. Yes. Well, if you just look at my Instagram, it definitely seems like a glamorous life. But the reality is it's a hustle. First of all, you got to like get everywhere with your bags on the subway yeah. or in an Uber. So it limits a lot of what I can do in shows just because of portability issues yeah. and I do think that in New York you have to have more than one job Ugh. very few people can do burlesque full-time as their sole income and those who do it still make costumes as a you know side thing or they teach or they yeah. bartend and so that's the reality of living in New York it's expensive and so you have to be you know very multi 
multi-textured, I guess you could say. And, and also what it takes to do burlesque and to do it well is expensive. It's very expensive. It's no also kidding. very competitive in New York too. Yeah. So there's always, you know, people, everybody, everybody wants all the top gigs. They all right? want the work. Of course, totally. Everybody wants the work. And you're also a producer. You create shows. You create some of the top shows in the city, I would truly say, because you've had some wonderful, you know, productions with what? Where is it? Lower East Side. You've yes. had Nurse Betty for yes. a while. Nine years at Nurse Betty. Nine years at Nurse Betty. That's just about as long as your career is what I'm understanding. Yes, it's nine years. And as my parents always say, nine years, you could have gotten two PhDs in that time. <laughs> or maybe two masters. But instead, you're stripping for $10 and $20 a night. Oh, why do we bring you to this country? <laughs> When you're, when you're building these shows and putting together your weekly productions, what are you looking to include? What's important to you? Well, for me, I always think about museum fatigue right so when you go to a museum sometimes you just like the most people most people can last is an hour and a half because then you get tired because it's a very kind of monotonous experience you're yeah. walking you're looking you're using your brain so i think sometimes i experience burlesque fatigue as well like i don't want to see another glove peel no. if i'm putting together my show and my set list i also don't want to see another gown act with like glove peels and then like a shimmy skirt yeah and you know that's just that's sort of like the lexicon we have right now in burlesque costuming so i try to find diversity in my cast and diversity in the acts as well for me also it's boring for me to see the same body type over yes. and over yes. and over again and so for me it's also just i want to see diversity and yeah. body shapes and also diversity in like yeah background and people you know performers of color is yeah. also important so that that to me is interesting too when i put together and Absolutely. consider what to book now do you want to talk just a little bit about um the asian burlesque festival um the asian burlesque festival is happening tonight <laughs> And what's your role in that? And tell us what that production's been like. Put them so together. I am one of the co-producers. I co-produce it every year with Jen Capay, a.k.a. Thirsty Girl. Mm -hmm. She and I have been working on the show for the last seven years. It's one of the most important shows to me. It's something that I work towards all year long. Mm -hmm. And it's a show that aims to bring visibility and exposure to performers of Asian heritage. Yes. Um, I'm really excited about this year because it's not the usual suspects. Mm. And also Asians do come in all different shades as well. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of like East Southeast Asian representation this year. Also a couple of performers from Montreal and Ottawa. Wow, Canadians. Yes, yes. They I get love sexy? Canada. Wait, they, they know how to get sexy? They <laughs> Canadians? <laughs> I'm shocked. So I'm really excited about this yes. year. We're almost sold out. It's at Le Posant Rouge. Mm -hmm. uh, doors at 7. Shows at 8. Amazing. And Calamity, just to give us uh, a little more t uh, taste of your attachment to burlesque, have you always been comfortable taking your clothes off? Um, that's a very fun question to answer. Yes. <laughs> and I, someone just asked me that recently. Yeah. So it's fresh. My answer is fresh Good. on my mind. Um, the answer, I think, would be yes. Yeah. I think it's something that I've never been really shy about, mm. I guess, in a, in a sense. But I think it's a reaction to Chinese culture's sexual oppression of women's sexuality. Um Definitely growing up with big boobs is not something that Asian people see as attractive. You're supposed to be thin and like boyish figure. Wow. So I kind of grew up hearing that, you know, I'm not attractive or you're dumb because you have big boobs. That's, that's a very 
Chinese way of thinking, not yeah. Chinese American, but Chinese. Yeah. And so I think when burlesque came around, it was my reaction to say, fuck you to wow. that and kind of like taking it back and being like, you know what? I love the way I look. I love yeah. the way that, you know, I didn't ask to have 34 Ds. <laughs> it just happened. Oops. So, <laughs> so I think for me that was um that was what burlesque did for me yeah yeah sense. and it sounds like an incredible journey wow. it's, it's good it's a good thing to retrace and see where that comes from right? yeah it, you're right because in the beginning that I was not that aware of like oh. where the these feelings were coming from the motivation yeah. so outstanding you really are <laughs> such an exciting performer and, and what a treat thank you so much for giving me this interview today thank you had so much fun and now where can all of our viewers connect with you online well I am on Instagram at Calamity Chang that's C-H-A-N-G as in Calamity Jane, because I'm from Texas, but I'm Calamity Chang. In case people didn't get that, sometimes I do have to explain that. Right. Um, I think that's the best way to find me or my website, calamitychang.com. I'm leaving Facebook. Oh, okay. Well, definitely get those addresses down in your books and have a look uh, for more about Calamity Chang and find out where she's performing next. From Brooklyn, New York, at the Hacienda Villa, I'm Laura Desiree, and this has been The Schmooze. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. She is a real treat. So lovable, so sweet, so smart, and so slick. You got to catch her in action sometime if you find yourself in New York City. But of course, she's got a glamorous tour schedule as well. You can find all things Calamity Chang, the Asian sexation, at calamitychang.com. And hey, why not check out the video version of this interview? You know it's hot. You know it's beautiful. You can find that only at nakednews.com. Hope you've enjoyed every last moment here on Talk Naked. We'll catch you next time. So, you know, people have been asking us what's changed after four years of doing the podcast. Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. And it's great because Promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, Promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got promescent delay spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at ask at carolyndavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. 
Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me, Laura Desiree, on this edition of Talk Naked on the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. I truly hope you enjoyed the show. I sure did. And remember to tune in to Carol and David every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Network to find out how to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new and you might just have the best sex ever. 